Welcome to Is This Working Live, a podcast about the messy parts of work, which is appropriately being recorded and broadcast via Zoom this evening with me, Anna Codorado. And me, Tiffany Philippi. Today is our super special end of the year Christmas recording where we are going to talk about work in all its messy glory on the show and we have to have our own Christmas party complete with the dodgy headgear. Yeah, of course, if you are listening to this in the future on audio, you can't see, but I am wearing a red headband with uh, Christmas baubles and Tiffany has got a very lovely set of um, reindeer antlers on her head. Um, Now, Tiffany, I haven't been to a proper office Christmas party in many years now, and I do have to say that I miss them, hence why we are doing our own version of an office Christmas party this evening. Have you been to any virtual parties this year? Not really, or at all, actually. I don't know if I miss the office Christmas party. I think um, some of the ones I used to have in my old startup days were pretty wild. Um, and actually, fun little trivia fact that probably no one cares about is my fir- one of my first ever jobs after graduating was at a TV post-production house and was to call people and to invite them to the office Christmas party. And because well, I guess it was more than the office, it was like a what like a industry Christmas party, and people were so excited to come to this party down the phone. And I always thought as a grad, like so strange that people love the Christmas party so much. Little did I know, a few years later, I would be highlight of my year would be the office Christmas party. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, but what's happening at our Christmas party? the best Christmas party that the internet ever did see. Well, we have got some very special guests joining us this evening because we didn't want to do this alone, basically. Also, what is a party if you don't have friends? So we have some special guests to help us round off this year and also to usher in 2021. Uh, We're not gonna tell you who they are just yet, but uh, they have all appeared on the show in previous episodes, so, Well, you will see who they are soon. Uh, Now, some of our guests are going to be answering your career questions. So because this is Zoom and because this is all interactive, for those of us who are joining us live here in the broadcast, there is a QA and a button at the bottom in that down bar of your screen. If you use that, uh, pop in any career or work-related questions that you have that you want some help with. Maybe you're thinking about going freelance, but you're not sure about making the leap, or perhaps you are struggling to motivate yourself and build good habits. Whatever is on your mind, any work-related questions, do just pop them pop them in the Q&A box and we will get those answered later on in the show. And um, a quick I suppose, clue as to who those guests answering the questions might be. They are especially well-equipped to talk about building a creative career. So yeah, pop them in the um, Q&A box and we will tackle them later. 
I'm so excited to be reunited with uh, some of our guests. It's been such an honor to get to know these incredible people this year. Um, and I can't wait. But before we get into it, Anna, have you got any uh, Christmas party stories to share with us? So it, um, I got a little thing on my Instagram. It popped up saying that four years ago, it had a little kind of, uh, you know, when you get those sort of, then I don't know what they're called on Instagram, those time hop things where a memory from four years ago. And it was a post that I posted from possibly, would it have been definitely one of the last Christmas? Yeah, probably was the last office part Christmas party I went to. It was the Vice holiday party in New York. Uh, and it was in the Williamsburg Bank, which for anyone who has ever been to Brooklyn, there's this kind of dome shape uh, building in Williamsburg. And anyway, it was a former, it's a former bank and now it's basically a corporate event venue. And I was super excited to go to the vice, my vice, my former employer, um, to the Christmas party because I'd heard all of these wild stories about parties in previous years. And honestly, it was, I, there is really nothing to say about that. There was no kind of, or at least I wasn't privy to any kind of scandal or salacious gossip. Apparently the rumor has it that the year before I started at the party, uh, Shane Smith, the then CEO of Vice, wheeled out a trolley full of, with envelopes full of um, $1,000 in cash and handed them out to everyone as their Christmas bonus. No such luck though at the uh, the year that I attended. Um, and then uh, six months later, I got made redundant. So that was my last um, experience of the office Christmas party. So um, anyway, Tiffany, you've been to many Christmas parties. I, uh, I used to organize the Christmas yeah. parties. Um, and I honestly, it became a sort of huge vanity project, I would say. <laughs> if I'm being honest. One of the ones I was so obsessed with was when I, I got it in my head that I wanted to recreate Narnia. And as you um, do. <laughs> and we literally, I remember our Christmas party because it's hospitality company would be in January. So I remember on Christmas Eve going and buying all these discounted Christmas trees and storing them in my garden. And then we literally created where you walked in and there was like, we created fake snow and the Christmas trees and we had like Narnia. And then, and then what we did was we built, we had a secret room and we built and broke a wardrobe, like a wardrobe and you walked through the wardrobe. And as you walked in, you went back to the forties with like this band playing in the forties. And um, it was like, you'd stumbled out of Narnia. So like halfway through the night, everyone was like, hold on. And then they like fell out of Narnia. And it was like, it's probably the best thing I've ever um, achieved at work. <laughs> I created Narnia for Christmas and we had a vodka like Aslan ice luge thing that you could like, it was amazing. Um, so yeah, so that was always really fun. Um, well, I promise that next year, the Is This Working Christmas Party, Tiffany, you will be in charge of running it and we will be out in the real world and that will be our party. So I would love you, that. You heard it here first. <laughs> Should we get our first guest on yes i can't wait to be reunited with her dum 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 okay let me actually let me introduce her first and then we'll pop her onto the screen okay so our first guest is the gorgeous soul that is laura jane williams she is an author and her most recent book love swear i gobbled up when it came out this summer um and her book that came up before, uh, Our Stop, which was her debut novel, a wonderful rom-com. It was the book of the summer. And my memory of reading that book is By the Pool in Sicily, um, when we used to be able to travel and such. Now, anyway, enough of kind of 
thinking of times gone past. But fun fact about Laura, she was actually the last guest that we recorded with in person in the before times. And I am really delighted to have her on the show and to what we now do in the virtual world, promote to a panelist. Oh, hello. You're on mute. <laughs> Unmute yourself. We need to hear your wisdom. Your Christmas wisdom. Not being the arsehole on mute that I had to hear last event of the season. And you had to tell me I'm on mute. I'm mortified. I am mortified. But as we said, it would not be an office Christmas party if there were not some glitches and hiccups, especially one on Zoom. So Laura, hello, welcome. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you. I felt so connected to you both during this whole year, precisely because I don't live in London. So I recorded with you guys. I used to live in London. I used to come down all the time once I'd left London and was down for a weekend uh, for a work trip. You were my last work engagement that afternoon. I wandered around London with my best friend Callum. We went to the Tate. It was so empty. And then the world ended. And I think there's something about you're my invisible string, as Taylor Swift would say, that all year your newsletters and what you've done on the podcast, bringing it back for special episodes, like... You've done a public service helping people through this time. Hasn't it just been bonkers? It has been absolutely bonkers. And I think, I mean, when we were thinking, who do we want to wrap up the show with? You were front of mind because of this connection that you were the last person that we record. And it's not just the last. So Laura was the last person that we recorded with, not just a guest, but at all. So there there has not been an episode where Tiffany and I have recorded in person since that episode. And so it's just, it's bonkers. The world has been crazy. We um, ended up, we were on a break. We actually kind of were rounding off the podcast mm. when we recorded and we were, t- were supposed to take a break and ended up putting out a whole pandemic season, basically. Um, so given that we did meet in person just before we um left before we went into lockdown um tell me how has your uh how how does it what do you kind of how does it feel now you think about that now how does it feel to think about the fact that we met in person we recorded a podcast we were talking about work and then pretty much two days later the world completely crashed around us and here we are now what is it eight nine months later and yeah. It is. It's just bonkers. I I think surely um you know there's going to be I think a collective um a collective display of grief after everything we've gone through. I don't think it's going to be tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be in March. I think by next summer we're all going to be a bit sort of dazed and confused as we try and process what we've what we've been through because I live quite a solitary life anyway as an author and um, I I spent a year writing a a book. I was contracted to deliver the first draft of a book by the 1st of July. Um, So I do joke that, you know, my role in all of, in all of this was to stay at home on the sofa in my pants. (laughs) 
and my next book is set in Australia. So in my mind, uh, you know, I've been on this jolly halfway around the world. Um, so it's almost not, I, I would have kind of been doing that irrespective of, of the world stage. Um, came out of doing my first draft just in time to kind of release um, The Love Square. But again, obviously all in real life events were cancelled, but it kind of worked to my advantage that I could do plenty of online events, probably see more people than what I would have done in real life and then get back to my edits and sleep in my own bed and, you know, stay um, when you're out touring. You just, nutrition goes out the window, guys. There's no such thing as a, as a balanced diet when you're, you know, eating in train stations. So um, I really felt quite, quite lucky coming to the end of the year I think I'm starting to recognize that like even just popping to the shop being such an ordeal it's so wearing you know oh I'm out of milk oh where's my mask oh where's my hand sanitizer being on such high alert I drive I think people have gotten meaner on the roads during lockdown. I don't know if it's because we're driving less and so we're more unsure of the roads or whether our patience is just fried. But out there on the roads, it's every woman for herself. You get into the shop, you don't want anyone to breathe on you. Have you, you know, it, it, nothing is simple, nothing is straightforward. Um, and I think as we get to that like natural end of our calendar, I'm kind of going, whoa. I thought I was okay, but wow, this year has been wild. It has. And exhausting. So exhausting. Because you're on high alert all the time. Even when you're not, you are. And and you can't sustain. It's so funny because we talked extensively when I saw you back in March about I had just I was just in the middle of this kind of the body keeps the score journey I'd started acupuncture I was really interested in the ways that our bodies hold on to stress how I have never identified as stressed but my acupuncturist told me otherwise um and 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 I feel my body keeping the score of this year despite the fact that I think I oh I just sat in my pants on my sofa and wrote a lovely rom-com no my body is internalized the stress as, as has all of us you know with all the privilege I've had I'm frayed at the edges so anybody in a less fortunate position I just all power to everybody like I just I really try to focus on being like super 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 kind like I did go for a walk my parents live just up the road we did go for a walk my dad and I the other weekend and we got back and my dad said to my mum she has spoken to everyone like it was like being out with a toddler hiya 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 I just trying to I don't know, put something good out there. I know that's probably like really saccharine and naive, but like what connect. else have we got? Yeah. Yeah. Even answering a simple question on a live podcast can't shut me up. Just <laughs> just connection, kindness, let's talk. Let's you know, it, it is. Hasn't it been? But do you feel afraid at the edges? Oh, definitely. Tiffany mm. and I were just talking about this earlier, actually, because we went on a super secret work trip, actually. Um, <laughs> and we were talking about the fact that there is this latent sense of 
anxiety, I think everyone who is sort of predisposed to any kind of anxiety has that bar. Well, for anyone, no matter who you are, you have you have that sort of low level hum of stress in the background from your life. And I think collectively that has just been raised now. And so I think there's that going on. And I think also there's just, it's just there. It's just constant. You can't escape it. It's happening to everyone. Everyone is talking about it. Everyone has got their own theories about the vaccine, which we, this is not the time or place (laughs) to talk about that, but um, still it's just there. And so, and also the other thing that I keep thinking about to your point, Laura, about the fact that, you know, as an author, you are, you were already working from home anyway. You were already doing this kind of work. And us too, as self-employed people, we already thought, we thought we knew what it meant to work from home. And I'm, I am, I am a homebody. I am always happy to be at home and welcomed doing events like this from the comfort of my own home. However, that 20% of the time that I did leave the house in the before times made such a huge difference to my mental, my mental health, my well-being, all of that, even just, you know, going to the gym or popping out to get a coffee or seeing a friend after work or whatever, even though I, you know, I wasn't out all the time or anything like that. And, you know, the mechanics of working from home, I already had down, but just that has made such a big difference. And in many ways, I think because I thought, oh, I should know how to cope with this. I should be able to just get on with my work because, you know, sitting down and working from my laptop at home was something I was already doing. So why am I finding it so hard? Uh, because, you know, we've talked about this before. There is a very big difference between being a self-employed person who works from home and working remotely for a company when you're not used to doing that. And when your team is all over the world, that is a whole new set of challenges. And we weren't, I wasn't facing that. And yet I still found it really hard. So I think that kind of, uh, that sort of description of frayed around the edges is just, it encapsulates exactly how I've been feeling. So hard agree. As always, mm. you always phrase things so beautifully, Laura. I always, I've, I've never forgotten when you said on the podcast, um, success isn't a flight of stairs. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that quote. Um, and also, I just felt like our chat got so philosophical and I just loved our episode so much. And it's been such a joy to get to know you better as well over this time. But um, positive or negative has all this experience of the past year because already you came to us with all these like amazingly philosophical thoughts around approach to work and having had all this life experience um since that IRL recording and everything Mm. that's happened since has your approach or attitude or thoughts brilliance around work shifted at all this year has totally radically radicalized me I I thought I was pretty radicalized before and I'll try and keep this like the potted shorter version but for me there was really something in um you know the first lockdown and children being at home um and parents basically saying we can't do our jobs you know whilst we're also doing the job of being parents and so that was the thing that the government said okay schools have got to be open and it very much to me personally felt like a herd immunity thing and well we need a workforce and so the institution of schools have to be open it kind of made me feel like really 
that institution of schools are like a babysitting service. Within that, you've got excellent people doing excellent work, but the institution itself, it's like, let's keep the little people out of the way somewhere until they can be big people and contribute to the economy. Which then got me thinking like, so all these like exams and rules that you have to follow at school, it's really just building you into robots to enter a workforce. And then you have little humans that need a babysitting service. And it, it blew everything. And I'm not saying teachers are babysitting. Individual teachers do God's work. It's remarkable. The institution this idea that like we would risk teachers' lives, put them on the front lines. It just really made me think like, what is it all for? Because yes, okay, we need to keep these parents working. But then when Rishi came out and said, look, the UK economy is a consumer-based economy. And I was like, well, that's just the thing, isn't it? You know, um, I know a lot of people had hardship this year, but the stats about how much more money was put into savings account in March, April and May was like astonishing. But actually what people need us, what the economy needs us to do is spend money. So it really just like blew open this thing of like, so there's probably like 10 stupidly rich people who, who need this whole economy to keep working so am I just running myself ragged to line the pockets of one of these 10 super rich people? Well, I'm not doing it anymore. Like, sod it. So that probably isn't particularly eloquent or particularly insightful. And I'm sure there are a million holes in that theory. But this year really made me go, we are all running around making other people rich. And I mean, like you know, you Philip Greens of the world. Like, it's disgusting. What happens if I, like, opt out of that as much as I can? And who, something that my mum and I kept coming back to is, like, who benefits from me feeling this way? Who benefits from me feeling run ragged? Who benefits from me feeling like I don't have my life together? Who benefits when um, I suffer from imposter syndrome and so work doubly as hard to prove myself? Who's benefiting from this? Because... 10 times out of 10 it's not me it's not directly me it, it's normally I'm making somebody else money and I'm tired of it so that's my rant that's how I've been radicalized I love that because something I that has actually really pieced together something that I keep thinking about which is a thought that just sounds almost quite stupid to say out loud but that if we if the world didn't spin on money we wouldn't be in this mess because if we could just stop the reason we can't stop is because we need money to live we need money to fund our lives we need money to pay for our rent and to continue living but that's because we live in a society which is fundamentally built around money and i think what you've just said is the same is the other half of the same coin which is that why can't we just build a world which actually works for everyone and not just for a very small number of people so it's it, it's really brought out some very big concepts which i think lots of us are just trying to get their heads around and at mm. least it's at least it's encouraging a new way of thinking and making us question is this working that it's like we planned this I w isn't I it like we planned it i'll lay them you sell them are we taking on the economic economic system is that Yes, we are. 2021 has, <laughs> yes, we are. has in store. Because yes. I'm here for that with my reindeers. 
antlers. And, I'm and ready. I think, I think the point I'm trying to make is, you know, if 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 you are less than three paychecks from being broke, you are not part of the bourgeoisie. You are the working class. So we think working class is a lot lower down the totem pole than actually what it is. If you need to live, if you need to work to live, you're part of the working class. We are all part of the working class to various degrees, making like 10, 10 blokes super rich. It's mad, is what I think. I, I, I said I was stop. I said I was. it was done, it was over. It is now done or over. I beg your pardon. Uh, so we don't kick you out on a uh it's not a downer i think it's a very kind of like it's some big thought <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like merry christmas everybody i like i like bye i like to a summary of like sod it you're like sod it, sod it. i'm not doing this anymore no, i think that's quite a positive note to end on i think the note is i this year has taught me to question who benefits from me feeling any one way so anytime i'm in a tears anytime i'm upset anytime i feel like i'm failing i ask myself who benefits and nine times out of ten if the answer isn't me it's a way to distance myself from the problem that's my that's my wisdom that i i should like to leave on well thank you very much laura it has been a pleasure as always to have you, thank you for on the show me. And we will see you hopefully in the real world once again. And it will be a delight to be able to record again IRL with you. Yay. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. And Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. Well, as always, Laura Jane Williams, the legend. Um, I thought legend. I I was just like legend. Yes. Yes. Me and you, Anna. Yeah, one one <laughs> one mind or half a brain each, however you want to look at it. Um, so moving swiftly along, should we? Uh, you may already know who our next guests are because they sort we, of popped up. They sort of popped up because we are, having, we are having a few technical issues here. So if you do, by the way, if you do see me, anyone on screen who's watching, if you see me looking down at anything and frantically typing on my phone, I'm not checking the Guardian app. I am just fighting fires in the background. So don't worry about me. Um, anyway, it would not be a Christmas party if we didn't have some kind of quiz. Uh, It's not really a quiz what we've got going on next, Um, but we have some very special guests to help us answer some questions. Quizzing, questions, same thing. Um, So you might have already seen, but it is David Speed and Adam Brazier, who are are from our one of our favorite podcasts the creative rebels and we are very happy to have them here so i'm going to promote them to panelists right now and by the magic of technology oh there they are there they are they're on mute they're on mute (laughs) unmute yourself lads being promoted (laughs) hello hello Can you see me? Because I can't see me. I can't see you, Adam. You're just you're just a name on a. You're just a. No, but we can hear you, but we can't see you. But that's okay. Cool. Better. I'll try and uh, amend that in the meantime. Continue. <laughs> so, um, here is incredible. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So just like Laura, David and Adam are also part of our pandemic work story, for want of a better expression, <laughs> because they invited us onto their show, the number one podcast about creativity, right at the beginning of lockdown for a remote recording. And I can't remember now because I have got... Um, uh, like lockdown amnesia I can't actually remember if that was the first remote recording that we did but it was very early on there we go Adam now we can see you um so again we had to have them as our best podcast friends come back on the show and chat to us so hello to you both and thank you for being here hello to you both thank you that was uh, was a lovely episode um it was really positive and and it really helped us like rolling into everything that was to come over the following months because I think we just in the beginning all four of us sat down and sort of went well this is it so let's do what we can and we sort of then just rolled on with that momentum so it was great oh no Adam I can't hear you I can see you now but I can't hear you (laughs) you only get one you only get one one way with you can only see Adam or hear him you can't you can't do both there we go there we go oh we've got both (laughs) <laughs> well yeah it was so nice to speak to you guys back then because it was like such a weird time I feel like the whole year's been weird but like that was the weirdest because no one knew what was going to happen and I feel like you guys being the smart cookies you are gave some fabulous advice and I feel like definitely helped a lot of our listeners um throughout that well it's funny that you say we gave you good advice because a I can't remember what I said because again I don't know about anyone else does anyone else have no can I but I feel like it was good <laughs> It's very weird giving advice when you yourself are struggling. Yes. As a and concept. also, has anyone else, I read about this, that um, the events of the, there is some phenomenon that's, it's either called pandemic amnesia or lockdown amnesia or something, that there is a kind of, it is documented that people's memory, everything is blurring into one. I guess partly driven by the fact that all of our days look the same, but yeah. one of the coping strategies for getting through this is to forget stuff and not to remember when things happened or how they happened. So, um, uh, so yeah, anyway, but funny that you say we are great advice givers because I always think of you two as brilliant advice givers and you have always given us great tips. I know that Tiffany, there, there was something that when one of the episodes that we recorded, um, the three year one. Yes. Tell us about that. Obsessed. Um, well, essentially that through all your work, um, David and Adam of interviewing all the amazing successful creatives you talked to about the three year rule that it takes three years to build a creative career because I think because I've been freelance for a while but then I shifted into writing and the slog grim (laughs) but then I have have your you in my ear saying well it's three years I'm like okay I can deal with that I'm one year in um that's that's where I should be because you always feel like you're behind when you're doing a career change or trying to build a creative career and I can see how easy it would be to give up if we didn't have that sort of thought and like heard from other people because by the time you've heard of anyone it seems like they've come from nowhere I feel like what I like to say anyway is think of it like you're doing a uni degree like it's a certain amount of time that you're going to have to allocate in your life to something to get something out of it if you want that degree at the end if you want to have a successful creative career you're going to have to put in the time to get there I think we live in a world where a lot of people just think oh, if I do this for five minutes, people will just throw money at me and they feel like they're almost owed something. Whereas actually it does take a lot of hard work and it's not easy. And I think having that mindset of like, okay, well, this is going to take me three years. Then after six months, you're not going to be disappointed that you haven't got to where you want to be yet because you've already said to yourself, this is where like, I'm only 
like a sixth of the way through this journey if I'm six months in. Um, but I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying something and I was like, oh, well, that's fine because I'm only a year into this so far. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, well, it's going to be a three-year cycle. So I wasn't kind of down on the fact that I hadn't hit all my goals yet because I know I'm still working towards them. Yeah, I think other people let you down. This is, this is the thing. So whenever you're producing work and you're showing it to people and you're putting it out online and you're, you're growing an audience and you're building whatever it is you're building, we're also used to people having this initial thing for six months, a year or whatever, and then falling off the face of the planet. And as you guys both know, the average podcast only lasts seven episodes because that's when most people find out this is really hard work and not as many people are listening as I thought they would and that and they take time. So as soon as you get past the time where most people give up and you're still going, that's when you start to see the rewards because people start to notice, actually, this person's not going away. And I follow them because I like their content and I, they keep delivering. And that's when the momentum starts to build. Like Emma Gannon said to us, she was like, I'm not the best writer. She was like, I'm just the one that like, kept going always full of wisdom and so we wanted to uh use your brains to help the audience and so our version of a christmas quiz is getting the audience to send in their work problems for you to solve <laughs> we're so fun that sounds like the best type of quiz <laughs> isn't it isn't it we don't, uh, we don't go to office parties anymore <laughs> yeah funny that funny that uh we actually got some really great questions that i we know do. you guys will have some really brilliant answers to so um Charlie asks, I was made redundant in October and I'm struggling to motivate myself to apply for jobs when the market is so oversaturated and generally structure my days. Any tips? So I, I, my answer would be you need to treat your days like you're at work. You need to treat it like you get up at this time, you have your routines because when you're not working, it's so easy to slip into like being at uni and just waking up in the afternoon and messing around for a bit then falling back to sleep not eating very healthily like i think having that structure in your life is really important and even if that's if maybe you do need a little bit of a break if you've just like finished work maybe give yourself a week or something but then now it's time to actually start progressing again and i think that's where you need to kind of set little goals for yourself of okay well i'm going to spend an hour a day doing job hunting i'm going to spend an hour a day doing my cv and i think it's having that structure and breaking up over a time period is going to make things a lot easier going forward. We've now lost count of the number of people, guests on our shows who are like the most incredible creators in the world. We've actually lost count of the number of them that said, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have started down this path unless I was made redundant. So being redundant can actually be a huge blessing. It can be something that is going to completely transform your life. And then when it comes to, obviously, there is a huge amount of competition, especially for jobs at the moment. However, when, when we get applications for people who want to work for us, it's like there's certain applications that are definitely going to get an interview because they really stand out. And I think that's where you need to bring some creativity into the mix and look at what am I sending to these potential job roles that maybe other people aren't sending? Where, where can I, because what most people will do, they will blanket out the same message to 5,000 jobs and then they'll just take whatever comes to them. You're better off spending your time finding out who are the companies that align with my beliefs. What, what, 
what um, companies and, and creatives and, and um, work organizations are out there that are making work that's making the world a better place I can get excited about, I can want to go into work every single day and start to apply for those rather than just I'll take whatever's going. The, because we, we never, as the, as the person who's being employed, we are never choosy. We always put the power in the employer's hands. And I think it's important to actually like go, no, I'm an asset. I'm going to do my proper research. I'm going to apply to the places where my skills are actually going to benefit that company. And that's going to give me a fulfilled career and a happy life at work. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's about doing something that you love, finding those places that align with you, doing your research, and then spending rather than 10 minutes on a quick like job site, then like sending a personalized like reason or a video or an audio clip or just something that is going to stand out for them. So when we interviewed um, Bruce Daisley, the, the former um, VP of Twitter, he was talking about his, his first CV was like a cartoon strip. And he, that got him in the door of so many places because they're like, oh, well, let's interview all of these amazing candidates who are qualified. Let's also do the kid with the cartoon strip because we might as well see. And he was getting jobs he was underqualified for because he sent the cartoon. So where can you do something a bit different to, to kind of come along at this? Because everyone else is just doing the same thing. You do something different, you'll stand out. David, I would say That's- one of your strong suits is sending email good emails because you we first connected by you emailing me to invite me on your show and you sent me such a great email I often kind of refer to it when I'm writing emails to invite people onto shows or to ask for some ask for stuff because you do such a good job of succinctly explaining who you are what you want and why it's a good opportunity and I think that is just such a great skill to nail and I think it could be used in all walks of life whether that is applying for a job asking someone onto their podcast I don't know asking someone out for a date I don't know that maybe not but um it's such a good skill to have well, it's authentic and thoughtful as well when, sorry I've read the email <laughs> especially if like if if we're getting emails for job requests it's like we've only got time to read the first paragraph. You've got to capture them in that first paragraph. It's like you're making a YouTube video and you want the views. You've got to capture the viewer right when the video starts. It's exactly the same with email. It's just human behavior. It's like, if we see this big commitment in front of us when we open an email, then it's like, if we scan the first few sentences and they don't grab us, then we're not going to read the rest of the things. You've always got to, you've always got to flip it on what is the other person getting from this? Like, is this going to be a boring email to them or is it actually going to bring them some value? And if it brings them some value, then that's the, the route to getting what you want. People are asking to see the email. Are we able to share it somehow? I'm happy for you to share that. Right. I'll find a, I'll find a way just for the people who have tuned in though, to the, the live special secret, yeah, special for, secret. Um, they get to see the email because they're here. Uh, yeah. and another another thing I think is good to do as well during this time, if there are if the job market's smaller than it normally is, and it isn't, so you've actually looked and you can't find any jobs. I think now's a really good time to just work out. Well, who would I love to work for if I could work for anyone, and just start trying to contact people in those businesses and just be like introducing yourself, saying this is who I am. Like have a Zoom coffee. Like I've had so many Zoom coffees this year with just random people I've met on LinkedIn, because I'm like, well this person seems really interesting and it's nice to get to know them. And I think just by putting yourself out there and saying like, have you got any vacancies maybe coming up? Because they might not even be one yet, but they might be actually, well, oh yeah, in January, we're going to 
open up a couple more things and you'll be front of mind with those people and already building connections. So I think it's worth just, yeah, just if there aren't anything out there, just trying to find and building your own jobs because I've had friends who've worked in places who's like just gone around door to door. Obviously you can't do that so much now, but just with CVs and their jobs have actually been made for them. But like there, there wasn't a vacancy until this person came along and said, this is what I can do for you to make your business better. And they were like, this person, we can't let this person go. Let's create a job role for them. So I think if you can go to someone and solve their problem, especially in the current climate, then they'd be stupid not to employ you. We've got some other great questions that I think we should quickly tackle before there is another part to this quiz, which is a bit more festive. So bear with. <laughs> um, this is a great one, actually, and I would like to know the answer to this as well. Um, Nicola asks, "How do you carve out time? Take how do you carve out time off and actually relax when you're self-employed? And it's also the middle of a pandemic." Answers on a postcard. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something obviously everyone is going to be struggling with, and I think it all just comes down to discipline. Um, it's 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 don't open your emails on those days where and and um anna you're you're really good at this um your uh the word escapes me your your autoresponder so if i email you i get an autoresponder back that, that tells me like it lets me know straight away like when you're working when when i should expect a response from you and so it's being really like protective of of that time and and marking it off as like this is my relaxed time where i don't look at work I don't get myself stressed about sales or whatever. And, and like, but that just comes down to self-discipline, which is bloody hard. And like, I can tell you to do it all day long, but I mean, I know I definitely jump on check email. So it's, it's always a tricky one. Yeah. I think like what I do is so like, I'll have a space where I work, but it's different to the space that I relax. I think that's important. And even if that is just like, you you sit on one side of the desk when you're working and you sit somewhere else when you're having your dinner just so there's some kind of space there so you have this mental change and like I've never done it but I've heard that people will get up in the morning get dressed go for a walk come back and then sit down at their desk have a working period get up go out for a walk come back and then it's home time just to kind of have that separation and I think creating those little elements in your life that do feel separate, even if it is as minute as it is, then I think that can really benefit. And as David said, the discipline, it's like saying to yourself, well, it's this time my laptop goes away, my phone potentially goes off or like you just turn your emails off or turn notifications off or whatever for this period of time. And you just kind of have to force yourself because it's so easy to just get away and slip into it. So you have to be really disciplined and just you say to yourself, like, this can happen now. This can't happen now. Yeah. And I just saw it pop up in chat that someone said that discipline is not their strong point. Um, then you need to bloody well make it your strong point. It's like there's, a, there's an amazing Will Smith video where he talks about how self-discipline is self-love. And all of the things that we know are good for us, are not necessarily the most fun things to do so in order to do those things we have to be disciplined and it is a journey and it's a journey that like both adam and i have been on but the rewards on the other side of that when you can fully become self-disciplined i mean part of my journey to do that was waking up at, at 6 a.m every day and having a cold shower 
which is the hardest thing to do. Like when you come out of a warm bed, it's like, it's never fun. Like I, there's, there's certain like gurus online who are like, oh, it's so invigorating. It's never fun. It's so hard. But I did it to develop my self-discipline, to, to, to accomplish something, to have a win for the day. So at 6 a.m., I'd already picked something off my list. I'd done something really hard. So the rest of the day, everything was going to get easier after that because I stood under freezing cold water for 60 seconds. So um, self-discipline, it's, like, it's not like a gift that you're born with. It's something that you cultivate and that you develop within yourself. Even, even going down to the fact that you said, I struggle with self-discipline. It's like you need to, um, to reframe that and be like, I'm, like, I'm working on my self-discipline. And, and start to like say those things to yourself so that it becomes more part of your life. And because it's a lovely thing to actually go to someone when they say, when they say like, when they're talking to you about yourself and your character and you can say, oh, I'm actually a really self-disciplined person. It's like, that's actually a really lovely quality to have because it means that you don't let yourself down because self is the main word in there. And by doing the things that are counterproductive to yourself, that's, that's, that's self-sabotage. So self-discipline is the opposite of that, which is what you need. One more question, and then we've got a rapid fire round for you two. Um, so also from Nicola, Nicola's got so many questions this evening, but they're brilliant questions. And I think that a lot of people can relate to them. Um, I have so many big ideas and plans that I want to do, but just can't make myself get on and do them. Any advice? I think the first thing you need to do is do one. Like that's, you just need to start doing something because until you start doing that thing, nothing's going to happen. And like, you, you just, it doesn't matter if, if you've got, I think what people struggle with a lot is when they've got so many ideas and they don't know which one to pick. And I think you just need to pick one, go with it and realize that it might not work. And that's completely fine because then you can pick another one of those big ideas. And one of them will be something that you start doing. It absolutely sets you on fire and you just won't want to do anything else then all these other ideas will just fall by the wayside because you're like that is the thing and like we often talk on our show about like a tree analogy and how all say if you think about the roots at the bottom that's kind of where you're starting with all of these different ideas and you're slowly knocking them away until you get to the trunk of the tree and then you've got to follow that kind of trunk up just this one single thing solidly for what we generally say is three years when going back to the three-year magic rule thing uh, and then once you get there, after that three years and everything's working, that's when you can start to spread out. Like those big ideas aren't going to disappear because you didn't do them. You're just going to do them at a later point. And I think that's what's important. Like life is long and you've got time to try all these different things. So just work on one of them and then you can work on the other ones later. Should we do this quick fire round? Yeah, go, go for, for it. it. A quick fire because we... Uh... We bloody, <laughs> but we'll try. Okay, so um, I may have uh, borrowed this format from a, another very hugely successful podcast, but anyway, it's fine. I've adapted. Tim Ferriss questions, then? <laughs> no, no, no oh. but you'll see. You'll see. Okay, so okay. you, um, we've got, um, we've got five questions, and you each need to ask answer them. I'll tell you. We'll tell you who goes first. So, okay, um, okay the first one is a fill in the blank question. Creativity is David. Everything. Oh, Adam. can't top that. <laughs> Problem solving. Success. Oh, quick fire. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm just digesting. 
I'm just being, you know, sorry. Okay, so success is Adam go first. Happiness. Oh. Uh, deeply personal and based on your own um, on your own ideas rather than what society projects out. Yes, I am here for that. Okay, to change the beat a little bit, favorite Christmas movie, David. Uh, it's Elf, one hundred percent. Great choice, Adam. Muppets Christmas Carol, one hundred percent. Classic. That elf and David makes sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the message of Elf. No, the message of Elf feels. Yeah, I don't know. Um, a favorite Christmas song, Adam. Uh, anything that the Jackson Five did. Mm. I like the um, Phil Spector Christmas album. Reminds me of my childhood because my dad would play it on repeat every Christmas. Very Christmassy. Very Christmassy. Okay, last question. Best advice you've heard about building a creative career this year can be from one of your podcast guests or anywhere else. David, you go first. Sure. I mean, so our podcast is that's that's the overriding theme of the of the whole thing. Um, but I think the the best advice Adam kind of touched on it earlier is is starting. I think starting is that's the main roadblock that most people face and, and they can sit down for months and not start because they haven't got the correct name or they've not had a meeting with the right person or they've not, but they've not set up their Instagram account or whatever it is that's holding them back from not starting. And if you just start, then you can, then you can see where, where you're going. But until you've started, there's, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. And I think I would second that. It's like, you've just got to go out and do it. Like, you won't if you're not happy in what you're doing now you won't get you won't find happiness unless you start making moves towards finding it and that will could come in any form but it's just being stuck where you are now isn't going to change anything you have to go out there and do it the world owes you nothing it's up to you I wish I could have you guys in the morning, like blasting out in my room, like motivational. Uh, like. We've actually got a podcast called Creative Rebels that you can listen to every morning. <laughs> and on that note, thank you both so much for being with us on this very special, very stupid Christmas episode and end of year doodah. Um, it's been a pleasure as always and we look forward to seeing you in the new year when hopefully fingers crossed touch wood we can see for sure that was a great doodah um we should do another um we should do like a catch-up kind of uh following on from the last one we did that'd be interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. love to you guys thank you so all much. right thank you both thank you all right cool. thank Bye. you merry christmas everyone merry christmas, merry christmas. Oh, the rebels, my favorite creative rebels. Um, should we move swiftly on? I think, yeah. I, or do we want to, do we want to do the rapid fire to each other, Tiffany? I don't know. Do people want to hear that? Do people want to hear us? I really struggle with yes. favorites. I yes, really struggle do. with favorites. It yes, makes they first do. Right. really awkward. Tiffany, oh creativity <laughs> is... I just I, that just popped into my head was everything, but that's uh, that's been done. I'm going to say creativity is life. Creativity is life. That's great. Or living. 
<laughs> what is it to creativity is getting up in the morning and just trying there we go um okay what about success oh, success peaceful vibes in the soul <laughs> for me <laughs> this one is a lot easier for me to answer success is uh living life on my own terms easy oh All that's right. so nice yeah what's your favorite christmas movie oh i don't know um i really struggle with favorites um because you I just love a counter narrative so you can't i do <laughs> i do love i do kind of i do love a bit of love actually not a, cool a classic choice. a classic well um my favorite is the holiday so no shame here um oh, i love that one yeah and actually, favourite Christmas songs we were discussing earlier. I'll tell you mine. It is Last Christmas, Wham. I've, can I have two? Sure. Go on then. Um, so I've got Fairy Tale of New York's Pogues. Um, and I really miss singing that with groups of people this year. Yeah. And then also Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. And I feel that's, this yeah, year. that's very, that's, that's you. That is that's you. very me. Yeah. Sort of like, yeah. Um... <laughs> Okay, what about what's the best uh, career advice you've had you've heard this year? Um, it really is tying into what we just chatted about with the rebels around. I think it's about patience. Um, so for me, twenty twenty has been all about capt- uh, cultivating the art of patience because building a creative career takes a lot of time. And as the guys were just saying, the only real difference between me and someone else who probably has the same if not more levels of talent is um that ability to keep going um despite the constant voice telling you to stop so yeah patience and uh, persistence i love that patience is so important such an important skill to de- develop mine okay if i'm being really honest about the best career advice i heard this year it was that uh in the height of the pandemic it was that your job is to stay at home right now which made me it put into perspective for me what our roles in society are and kind of what our identities are um you know we're still so wrapped up in what we do and our work and kind of going to work and working but actually this year our job was to stay home and i think that was something that really gave me pause for thought um so moving swiftly on we have got our third and well technically fourth uh but third guest or slot of guest um to close out this evening's show and so our final guest and the closing segment of the show we have the wonderful the festive the genius harriet minter who i'm now going to promote to panelist um welcome harriet She's You're so festive. Mute. You're on mute. We need to hear your wonderful voice. I got so excited about showing you my history <laughs> that I behaved oh, like... Oh, it looks great. ...to unmute themselves. Happy Christmas, my lovelies. How nice to see you. Hi. Welcome, Harriet. Seeing you at a Christmas party this time oh, last year. I'm so excited. Do you know what? My phone flashed up kind of memories from this time last year. It was literally, I think, this no, last weekend last year when I had a Christmas party and you were here and I was looking at all the other photos. Oh, I really, I miss having a party. I, have to, I don't miss going to parties, to be totally honest, <laughs> but I miss holding them and making everybody else come to mine. As a, a homebody myself, 
I also miss hosting. I miss yes. bringing the party into my home. And I have to say, Harriet, you are, you win the crown for the most festive. Uh, obviously the people who are going to be listening to this can't see, but Harriet has got some beautiful twinkle lights behind her. She's got her yes. tree there in the background and she's really bringing the festive spirit. And this really does feel like a proper Christmas party. I love Christmas. So I've been like in the festive mood since about September 12th. So uh, love it. I love it. Everyone else finally is. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, which would be a crime, um, Harriet is a writer and broadcaster and coach who talks about work, women and leadership and where those three intersect. We've had her on the show at least twice, possibly more. Uh, she's just so good that we just keep asking her back. <laughs> and we... We just had to have her for a Christmas Aww. special. There could not be a Christmas special without Harriet Minter. Thank you, Madeline. What a lovely intro. Uh, have you been having a lovely time with your guests? Are you feeling festive? I'm feeling, yes, we are feeling festive. Yes. We've got our headgear. I've got my um, glass of uh, festive uh, wine in a um, festive glass. My dad bought this for me when I graduated. It's actually got my university <laughs> logo so embossed nice. on it. So yeah, we're, we're having a lovely time. Um, and we've been doing a lot of reflecting, I think, mm -hmm. in the kind of with our previous guests up until this point. And we definitely wanted, we wanted to spend a bit of time looking forward. And we know that you have got such a knack for making people feel better. You definitely make us feel Aww. better. Um, uh, so we just wanted to get you on today to talk about looking forward and how we even go about doing that. And actually we had a question earlier from uh, one of our uh, live listeners right now mm -hmm. about, you know, as we get, I'll read it out, it's from Sophie. Uh, and I just think it's just a perfect question to kind of set the, um, the tone and kind of like for us to think about now. As we get closer to Christmas, my work is encouraging us all to take a good break over the holidays, switch off, recharge, uh, and get ready for the new year. But as I think ahead to January, I have a bit of a sense of dread of the inevitable slog, even though I do like my job. Any tips on how to start the new year with a positive outlook and feeling ready to go? And I wanted to ask Sophie's question now because I think it really encapsulates something that I think all of us are thinking, which is we are so done with this year. I know everyone says every year, but my God, are we done with this year? And we want to look ahead. There is some reason, you know, there are reasons for us to feel positive. The vaccine kind of is here. There is hope on the horizon. And yet I think a lot of us are still feeling really nervous. And that kind of the idea of uh, there being a bit of sense of dread, um, you know, January is always a t difficult time anyway, but I imagine January 21 might be uh, quite tricky. So, Harriet, I just want to ask you, how are you kind of feeling right now? Like, where are you at in terms of thinking ahead and sort of rebuilding, I guess? Okay, so, I mean, there's lots, lots to unpack there. I mean, so for anyone who doesn't know, and if you've ever read anything I've ever written at this time of year, you will know this because I talk about it all the time. It is my birthday on the 31st of December. So I go big on the New Year's resolutions because, you know, everybody else gets a do-over at some other part of the year where they're like, oh, you know what, I didn't do my New Year's resolutions, but that doesn't matter because it's now my birthday, so I'll do new birthday year resolutions. But I only get once a year. So I generally tend to go into January with a laundry list of things 
that I'm absolutely Capricorn baby. Yes, Luca, the be- all the best people are. Um, I tend to go into January with like a laundry list of things that I want to achieve. And inevitably about two weeks into January, I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Um, so there are some things in kind of a short-termist way that I've learned that definitely help. This might be too long for Sophie who asked the question. Um, might be too late in the day for Sophie who asked the question. But the first thing is... I generally try and take the first week of January off. That is my number one top tip, whether you are employed or a freelancer, just scrub it out your diary. Just, you know, book your holiday. Don't think you're going to rest over Christmas and go back relaxed on the 28th of December or the 1st of January or whatever. You know, actually give yourself another week, a week when nobody's doing anything, where you're not required to be with family or at parties or feeling festive in quotes let everybody else come back have that flurry of first of january activity and then when everybody else has kind of burnt themselves out then you can come back and it you'll be going into a slower pace um so that is my top january tip it's always you know you're always taking potluck if you send me an email as to whether or not i'll reply to it anyway but i definitely won't reply in the first week of january um and then i think sort of beyond that and on a more kind of um a more longer term approach. The thing that I really try to remember at the start of the year is that dates are really arbitrary. You know, like somebody, I don't know who, somebody who does know, please tell me, but somebody created a calendar and they decided that the 1st of January would happen at this time of the year and it would be the start of a new year and the year would carry on from that point. Um, but they didn't align that calendar with you. They didn't check in with you as a person as to whether or not that calendar works for you. And so why should it be that on the 1st of January, you suddenly feel all alive and sparkly and ready to go? There is no reason why that should happen. So if you don't want the 1st of January to be your new year, it doesn't have to be. And I say this to a lot of my coaching clients because they pretty much all have the same thing where they come into January and lots and lots of them are freelance. So they come into January kind of still exhausted from the pre-Christmas, oh my God, must get as much work done as I possibly can. And then I've got to do everything Christmas drain. And so they think they should be being really energized and enthusiastic, but it's January. It's cold outside. It's dark. Our bodies are literally designed to be hibernating at that time. And we're trying to force them to do things. So I generally think the best thing you can do is um, A, take that first week of January off. B, decide for yourself when your new year is. Um, you know, may, may, if you want, want your new year to be September, that's totally fine too. You can put around for the first nine months of the year. There is no reason why you have to do it that much in it. Um, and go with your energy levels. Like you're going to find that actually you probably have a bit more energy when it's a bit lighter in the mornings, strangely enough. That is just humans. That's how we're built and designed. So if you are feeling a sense of like, oh my God, I've got to be so on it for January and I am just not feeling it. That's just to take January as if it was December. Just make it your end of the year and think about starting again in February. Nobody's going to hold it against you. I'm sure so many listeners and will love that because as you say, our bodies are so physically tired and there's all this pressure on January. Um, my new year is definitely September. September's a buzzy <laughs> back to school time for me. 
Yeah, I think lots of people. I really like October. I generally get really inspired in October because I'm sort of autumn, winter baby. So I think that's like, you know, it's kind of me feeling like my seasons are aligning. Um, but it's just, it's a very, you know, I talk about this a lot, but like a lot of our working culture is very arbitrary. So January is New Year, New You. We work nine till five. We uh, work Monday to Friday. That's just kind of stuff that was designed by other people because it worked for them. Um, and really what what is the point of being a kind of autonomous being in the 21st century when we do have more autonomy than at any other point in history if we can't then say actually part of this is to work with ourselves rather than against ourselves. I'm a massive nerd and my new year is April 6th to coincide with the financial year but I think maybe I need to rethink that. <laughs> No, that's, that's a great, great time. Good yeah, it's that's pretty a great good. time. Um, everyone has budget in April. That's the exciting thing about it. I mean, you could re- you could rebrand it. You could pretend it wasn't about the tax year, but <laughs> otherwise, April's great. <laughs> I think my accountant wishes that was how I worked. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think so many people are going to feel so much better knowing that they have permission to work for their energy levels not listen to that that january new year new year new new year new me is so Mm -hmm. intense and it's so much about being marketed and sold to and pressure and i think so many people are going to hear what you just said and breathe a massive sigh of relief um but if we were to look forward because at the same time there is a new year coming um what how are you thinking about going into 2021 harriet I mean, so my current work mantra for 2021 is as little work as possible for as much money as possible. Love it. (laughs) Mic drop. Can we get you to to repeat that? Can you put that on a (laughs) t-shirt? Sell the merch. Oh my God. That's what I should do. (laughs) That's basically my, that's that's all my money problem solved. I'm just going to trademark that and stick it on a t-shirt. Um, yeah, as little work as possible for as much money as possible. And I'm going to tell you why. So, um, so basically, stop me if I've told either of you this. I don't know how, but like about six weeks ago, I had quite a big health crisis and I ended up in hospital for a bit. And it um, really kind of like ended up basically being diagnosed with an ongoing health condition. And it made me stop because one of the things that's really uh triggering for that health condition is stress and I like to think so I'm sure I've told you that I'm very very good with stress and that stress doesn't really phase me and what that actually means is I'm really good at ignoring stress doesn't mean that doesn't phase me I'm just very good at blocking it out and so um the first thing that happened was I kind of after I was like okay well I have to really think about next year I can't have, I can't get myself to the level of stress that I got myself to this year. So I'm going to have to be really picky about what I do and what I say yes to and what I say no to and where I put my energy. So that was kind of the less work piece. I was like, I just have to do less work. So the stuff that I do, I have to really want to do it. And it has to like, it has to have real value for me. Um, and then there <laughs> as much money as possible bit came because in the midst of this health crisis when I was in hospital I was doing the absolute number one thing you should never do if you are in hospital 
at night at 2 a.m. in the morning, which is Google the life expectancy of someone with the thing you've just been diagnosed. Never, never do that. Like, just never do that. And um, obviously it brings up all these scare articles. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. I've got like, you know, days left, if that's not the case at all. And um, and I really thought, I was like, oh my God, if I didn't, if I don't, if I'm not going to live to 87, which in my head has always been the age that I was going to live to, I'm not going to live to 87. What must I do in this time? And actually there wasn't much. And I was sort of quite proud of myself for that. I was like, actually, I feel like I've lived quite a fulfilled life. I've done a lot of stuff that I wanted to do. So really like, what's the stuff that is important to me? I was like, and the only thing, and this is definitely I mean, it has been enhanced by COVID, but it's not entirely COVID related. It was there as a dream before us. Just want to move somewhere by the sea. And so I was like, right, next year, I want to make as much money as I possibly can so I can go buy a house by the sea. And when you get that, you're like, okay, that's really clear. I want to do as little work as possible for as much money as possible. I love that. I love that for so many reasons, because also the way you talk about money I find it very inspiring because you talk about money in the sense of financial freedom and something I've been thinking a lot about recently especially in light of everything that's happened is that yes there is a problem with you know um, one of our earlier guests Laura Jane Williams uh, she was talking about you know the, the issue that we have at the moment where there are the super rich are accumulating so much wealth at rapid rates and it's to the detriment of the workers. And that is so true. And really the pandemic has really shone a light on that. However, at the same time, there is such a kind of stigma attached to particularly women wanting to earn money. And even just to, you know, as a woman to say, I want to be rich, that's, that's, you don't, you're not supposed to do that. Um, and yet here you are telling a really wonderful story about having things put into perspective for you and it making you realize that you really want something, which is a home in a place that's going to make you happy. And in order to do that, you need to earn more money. Um, because yeah, as you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, maybe the world would be a better place if it didn't revolve around money but the reality is it does right now and so if you want that financial independence and you want that financial freedom that's how you have to frame it and i just i just wanted to say i just love the way you talk about money harriet thank you my darling i mean i think it's really you know it's interesting because i think we have different relationships with it at different stages right so probably I'm I mean I'd say I'm pretty always like you know there's always a money driver for me I'm, I'm quite open about that but the last few years it definitely hasn't been as strong as it has been I had other drivers other things that I really wanted to achieve and I almost beat myself up about that a bit I was almost like oh, Harriet you haven't like you haven't been as focused on money as you should have been you haven't earned as much as you should have been and actually the reality was well no because I was doing other things and those other things are part of life too and they were really wonderful and I wouldn't trade them for cash um but then you come to another place and you're like actually this is something I really want and there is there's a financial incentive behind that and you know we are there is no point sitting in shame about that nobody ever got happy feeling any shame about money um and that's and that's very different from saying nobody ever got happy by just going after money. 
I mean, I think that's really true. You know, if you make money your sole goal in life, that's probably not going to make you happy. Um, but if you're sitting there going, well, I can't possibly have the things I want because I'd have to you know, sell a part of my soul or I would have to be this awful person that just thought about money. Well, you're denying then a part, you're denying part of your own desire. And that's, that's actually denying part of who you are as a human. So it, for me, it's about, you know, there's, I mean, I can say like, oh my God, I'd love to be super rich and on a yacht right now. And that would be delightful. Yeah, wouldn't we all love to be on a yacht right now? I'm mean, actually probably not. I don't know if I'd want, I just, nobody wants to be on a cruise liner right now. But um, yeah, <laughs> like I, there's a sort of, there's for me an understanding, which is that it's not, that it's about wealth rather than huge sums of cash, right? And wealth is what is going to make you physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, mentally happy and safe and going after that um my family love like my family genuinely love money they haven't uh, basically because they never had any so i always like scrabbling after it all the time um but they were always really kind of ashamed that they were like scrabbling for money so just like there was this weird dichotomy around really wanting it and sitting in shame around it and so i'm like it was you know nobody if there is one thing that we can all leave in 2020, it is, we just need to leave shame in 2020, whether that's about money or our relationships or our health or what we look like or anything like that. Who has time for that now? Leave it behind. Let's close the door on shame. I think that is a, that is, that's a wonderful note, I think, to kind of wrap this up on. Uh, the kind of the what I've been like, I've been, I have been uh, kind of using this phrase quite a lot throughout this year, which is that the pandemic has been a badly wrapped gift. Mm. And so if that means that it's forced us to put shame behind us or kind of rethink our priorities, that is something to to be um to be grateful to have had that time to think about it. Not, I'm not saying I'm grateful for the pandemic. Do not, <laughs> that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying at all. But uh, that's why I talk about it as a badly wrapped gift. Speaking of gifts, Harriet, what is your parting gift for our listeners as we go into the new year? Um, I don't know if it's a gift or not, but I will give you um, my thought for 2021, which is uh, that if, this year has given us anything it has been time uh whether that has felt like too much time on our hands occasionally or whether it has felt like oh my gosh where has this year gone i haven't achieved anything i haven't done anything i haven't been anywhere um but it has really shown us what the passing of time feels like and my gift for 2021 is that we can remember that and appreciate it because we will look back on this in a few years time and think, oh my God, do you remember that weird year when? And we might just forget some of the lessons it's taught us. So appreciate that this year has taught you about time and see how you can take that into 2021 with you. Thank you so much, Harriet. Uh, that I think is a wonderful thought for us all to be reflecting on and carrying forward. A huge thank you for being part of our end of year, end of 2020 
first ever live recording Christmas special slash office party all wrapped into one. Thanks for having me. Let me come back to the next one, please. I haven't done anything bad, so you can't officially fire me or ban me. You no, you are not. The what we have said to all the other guests tonight is that when the promise we will make is that we will record again, but it will be in person. Yeah. So thank you very much, Harriet. Um, this has been a delight as always. Thank you, Harriet. So much Bye. love. Merry Christmas. Then then there were two. Boo boo. Our oh, office really... Christmas party is over. I, I mean, gosh, I probably did have quite intense chats at my uh, old Christmas parties, but um, I don't remember them the way I will remember this one. <laughs> I feel very overwhelmed with like all the wisdom and all the like, you know, because I was just thinking about what Harriet said about sort of fulfilled work. And, you know, if my primary goal was around making money, I'd probably be doing something else but I also have to pinch myself that this is our work this is what we get to do not only do I get to work with you which is obviously jokes um <laughs> Anna is laugh a minute <laughs> but also um we get to have these in, like ridiculously thoughtful and inspiring conversations with these super smart I don't know it's, it's just mad that we get to do this I, I'm really I feel really it's really it's going into Christmas spirit with some a lot of gratitude and, and, and a lot to think about. But I feel really, really happy. I completely agree. And honestly, this has put me in the Christmas spirit in the true sense of the word, in that it has made me think deeply and just be so grateful and very humbled and so thankful that I get to connect with people who are thinking in these ways and having these deep and meaningful conversations and getting to work with my best pal on a project and have be able to say that, that is our job basically what a great I mean if I if I think back to little us at school when the teachers would be like what do you guys want to do when you're older could you imagine if we would have said well we want to make a podcast and put it on the internet and wear silly headgear and that be our job what um so anyway it's just it's just it's a wonderful wonderful time of the year actually and i do feel finally feel much more in the festive spirit so thank you and thank you to everybody who's come to watch our first ever live your support means everything to us because we're both in this sort of process of creating these new careers for us and all of you that have been there for us and supported us it, on, I cannot tell you how much we're quite reserved Anna and I <laughs> in our in our way of being but actually I cannot express how much it means to us so thank you so so much um it really really means everything to us yeah it really does um you know to kind of put yourself out there and do creative projects is scary but to know that we've got people supporting us who um who enjoy what we talk about and who you know share the way we think and um have just been following along this journey with us it has just been wonderful um so yeah this is going to be goodbye from us we will be back in the new year at some point it won't be january that much i will say or we haven't decided when our new year is for is this working but it is coming it is soon we will be back on a regular schedule um but until then merry christmas everybody Merry Christmas and have a happy new year.